At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools from hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. A warmer friendly blow. Welcome to Lovely Las Vegas for the baseball betting show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beast and Family Podcast. And we've got a great podcast for you. In the second segment, we're going to be joined by one of our good friends, Matt Josephs, better known as Mid Major Matt. Does a tremendous job handicapping the game of baseball. Handicaps a little bit of everything. Does his football previews over there for Athlon Sports for the upcoming season. Anyone looking for some college football insights, he's got you guys covered there. As you can tell from his name, Major Matt does a great job on the college basketball scene as well. And we're going to be taking a look at just how to gauge some of these player pops right now. What has he been noticing in terms of the K-prop market? Taking a look at some of these, shall we say, less than remarkable pitchers and ways to go against them. So we've got a lot to talk about here in the second segment. And then in the final segment, going to give you guys picks and analysis. And every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we touch them all. First things first, always do love to be able to answer your Twitter questions on this podcast. If you got one or two ways to be able to throw this in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore D1. Keep in mind, letters you have. mean does not matter. As per usual, please send these into the timeline. And the other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to find whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Really did not wind up getting in any Twitter questions today, but had a great day of baseball on Tuesday. So let's take a look back at it. Try to find some trends and try to get to know these teams a little bit better. Games from yesterday is Greg buzzing about. Here is the rowdy recap. Things went haywire in the Reds versus Phillies game. No scoring until the sixth inning, and then seven runs combined between the two teams in the sixth. 
And then you have the Reds take the lead in the ninth with a pair of runs, but then the Philadelphia Phillies wind up being able to walk it off as being able to get a pinch hit single to be able to walk it off. Nick Mayton, 7-6 of final. As Nick Lodolo, not a bad start here, allows four runs over the course of five and a third innings, all coming in the sixth inning. From there, Buck Farmer, a pair of outs out of the bullpen under Strickland, a scoreless setting, but Ian Gabot, he gets his ERA up to a 540, he allows a run in an inning, and then Alexis Diaz gives up two runs, one of which was earned hurt by Nixon's fielding error, and for the Reds, they go 5 of 15 with men in scoring position as Ranger Suarez. Up and down that sixth inning, it was going well for him, but he did allow six hits and four walks and three runs in total over the course of five and two-thirds innings. Phillies are currently dealing with some injury issues, and it does not wind up helping when Umando Sosa winds up creating a throwing error in the ninth inning. Brad Hanna, as a result, gives up two unearned runs over the course of an inning. Jose Alvarado gives up a run in his inning of work, and they wound up having to get four outs out of Michael Plasmeyer for his MLB debut. He wound up being able to keep it scoreless, but a rather interesting back half of that game. Phillies are able to get it done. The New York Yankees strand them loaded in the ninth inning against the Mets to be able to get it done by a count of 42. Mets had a golden opportunity, but they went just 2 of 13 with men in scoring position on this day, and they were 34 and 10 coming off a loss prior to this one time on Walker. Gets up two runs over the course of five innings. Jacob DeGrom was scratched late Monday from this one as Walker along the way did wind up giving up a home run as Aaron Judge. Home run in back-to-back days now. 48th home run of the season. He's still on pace for right around 60 or so. Seth Lugo, a scoreless setting, but Yoli Rodriguez gives up two runs while getting just one out before Adam Adovino. One and two-thirds setting scoreless and for the Yankees. It was a good start for Frankie Montas. Someone who's gotten north of a 6 ERA when he pitches away from Oakland this season, but two runs surrendered in five and two-thirds innings. Clark Schmidt, the hero in this one. Three scoreless innings, and then Juan Peralta gets a final out of the game, stranding the bases loaded to be able to get the Yankees to the winner's circle as the Yankees. Four runs or fewer now in 11 out of their last 12 games. The Tampa Bay Rays, they had some offensive firepower in this one. 11-1. They wind up taking down the LA Angels as for the Angels, Mike Trout had a solo home run off of Corey Kluber, 25th home run in the season. That was all the offense that the Angels would get in this one as the Klubot gives up one run. That solo run over the course of six innings. Brooks Raley, JT Chargua, along with the backup catcher and Christian Bethencourt, all throw a scoreless setting as the race. They go 6 of 15 with men in scoring position. Isaac Paredes, 15th home run season, like his second home run in the last 60 days. It had been a while. He winds up getting that off of starter Jose Suarez and Jesse Chavez that's coming over from the Atlanta Braves. It has not been good from Bethencourt, who also threw a scoreless inning in this one. Gets home run number 8 of the season off of him. As for Jesse Chavez, 4 runs surrendered in an inning, only 1 of which was earned. Tuki Tucson gives up two runs in two-thirds of an inning. Jose Cuyata, he winds up not getting a single out, giving up two runs as Phil Gosselin, position player, had to pitch an inning in this one. And Jose Suarez, not necessarily the world's worst start. He gives up three runs over the course of five and a third innings, but things wound up turning out to be a calamity from there. No calamity in this one. The San Francisco Giants take down the Detroit Tigers by a count of three to one as the Tigers... They're still stuck on 72 home runs this season. The duo of Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo have more home runs than the Detroit Tigers team. As Drew Hutchinson, fair to say a tough luck loser. One run surrendered over the course of five innings. Daniel Norris comes out of the bullpen giving up two runs in an inning, including a homer going deep for the San Francisco Giants. Evan Longoria, his 12th of the campaign. 
scoreless settings from there out of Andrew Chafin, Joe Jimenez, and Jose Cicerno. And as Carlos Rodon has been doing all season long, mows him down. One run surrendered in seven innings, 10 strikeouts, John Brebbia and Camilo Duvall. Piecemeal together, a scoreless eighth and ninth inning for the Giants to be able to get back to 500. The Cardinals and Cubs wound up having an interesting double dip as the Cubs wound up taking game one by a count of 2-0. The Cardinals seemed that they had scored five or more runs in seven straight games and an 18-inning stretch in which they wound up scoring one run as they went in this one. 0 of 10 with men in scoring position, Adam Wainwright gives up two runs in six innings. It takes the loss because nobody could provide run support for him. Jojo Romero, two scoreless innings. And for the Cubbies, you wound up having the MLB debut of Avenir Assad. Wasn't necessarily sharp. He went four innings, giving up four hits, four walks, but no runs surrendered. Michael Rucker from there, two scoreless innings. Sean Newcomb and Erich Yeoman combined for two scoreless innings before Brandon Hughes. He comes in, he gets a scoreless inning to be able to get the W, and then the Cardinals would get their revenge in game number two behind a relatively solid start out of the Woodford. Jake Woodford, five and a third innings, winds up allowing one run along the way, and for the St. Louis Cardinals, a trio of bombs in this one. Tommy Edmond, his ninth home run of the season. That comes off of Anderson Espinosa, and then Adrian Sampson, the starter, gives up a home run to Tyler O'Neill along Nolan Arenado for Arenado, home run number 26 of the season, and O'Neill the home run number eight as Sampson gives up five runs over the course of three and a third innings from there. Anderson Espinosa pretty much had to round out the rest of the game, giving up a home run along the way. He did wind up having one and a third innings from Nicholas Padilla in his MLB debut. He wound up giving up a run along the way. And then for the St. Louis Cardinals, we were able to get some long relief out of Matthew Liebertor. He wound up giving up a pair of runs in the eighth inning. And then Chris Trent, he was able to deliver a scoreless inning. So the Cardinals and the Cubs wind up splitting a pair with Game 2 going over and Game 1 going under as you did wind up also seeing the Baltimore Orioles being able to take down the Chicago White Sox. This by a count of 5-3 to three for Dylan Cease. This was a big one for him being able to stay in the Cy Young race, and he did not deliver, giving up four runs over the course of five and a third innings, including Homer. Going deep for the Orioles, Ryan Mountcastle, 18th home run season as awesome. Both gives up two runs of his own, including a Homer going deep for the White Sox, Eloy Jimenez, 7th home run season as for the White Sox. He did have Rinaldo Lopez and Jimmy Lambert combined for three outs. Scoreless out of the bullpen, Jake Diekman allows a run while getting just two outs, and Tanner Banks, a scoreless setting in for Baltimore. Bullpen continues to be relatively superb. Brian Baker, CNL Perez, Joey Crebiel, they combine for a scoreless setting. Dylan Tate gives up a run while getting two outs out of the bullpen. And Felix Batista, a five out save going scoreless. The Inland Braves wind up taking down the Pittsburgh Pirates by a count of six to one as Max Freed just dominant in this one. He winds up giving up a solo run over the course of his eight as Michael Chavis gets his 13th home run season. And JT Brubaker, he was able to wear it for the Pittsburgh Pirates, giving up six runs at six and two thirds innings, five of which wound up coming in the fifth as Travis Arnaud winds up getting home run number 13 of the season. Kellen McHugh, scoreless setting for the Atlanta Braves. And then you did wind up having Chase Young. Come in for two and a third innings of long relief. He was able to go scoreless. Because I am doing the look at on VSIN tonight, I am doing some of these as they are still going on. I have to do this right around 8.30 p.m. Pacific time. So, got you guys covered with a little bit more there as that is going to be running from 1 to 4 a.m. Eastern. But as I'm doing this, it looks like the Miami Marlins and the Oakland A's are probably going to be set for yet another under and Corbin Burns, a rough start for the Milwaukee Brewers. They wound up getting down 4-0 after two innings with Corbin Burns giving up a home run to Trace Thompson, who has actually been very, very solid for the LA Dodgers. That is home run number six of the season, and what he starts for the Dodgers, he's hitting above a 275. So he's been able to do a relatively solid job there. You wind up seeing the Arizona Diamondbacks 
Go to Kansas City. They wound up getting the job done after eight innings. This was 5-2 to two with Zach Davies giving up a solo home run over the course of five and two-thirds innings to Bobby Wood Jr., 17th home run of the season, and John Easley was able to go four and two-thirds innings scoreless, but Josh Jamont, who has been just terrible in this bullpen, he winds up allowing four runs that pushes ERA over the last 80 days to north of a 12 while getting one and a third innings out of him. Jose Cuas, one and a third innings giving up a run. And then Luke Weaver, the Arizona Diamondback from earlier in the season, he winds up having to come out of the bullpen. Another solid start out of Justin Verlander as the Houston Astros get it done against the Minnesota Twins with Verlander. Six no-hit innings removed with 10 strikeouts. No hits allowed. No walks allowed. He had gotten his pitch count up to 91, so a little bit of an interesting situation there as Ryan Sanek, Will Smith, Hector Neres from there. They're able to round out the rest of the innings as Alex Bregman does wind up going deep off of Trevor McGill in this one. 19th home run season as Aron Sanchez got the start, giving up two runs over the course of four innings. From there, McGill winds up giving up that home run. Cole Sands winds up giving up a run himself. And you wind up seeing a high-scoring game breakout between the Rockies and the Texas Rangers as the Rockies, they do wind up getting it done against the Texas Rangers as for Dane Dunning. He was not stunning in this one, giving up a home run and four runs in total over the course of five innings. You wind up having Elias Diaz get home run number seven of the season and C.J. Crone. He's got 24 home runs this season. 18 have come at home. Number 24 of the season off of Brock Burke as Burke allows three unearned runs over the course of an inning. Corey Seager, 16th error of the season wanted being costly and for the Rangers, they got a pair of bombs themselves, both in the first inning off of Odomon Marquez. Marcus Simeon, 20th home run season. Nate Lowe gets low for his 19th home run season and Marquez, who had given up three runs or fewer and five out of his previous six starts, gives up six runs over the course of six innings before Justin Lawrence and Denelson Lamette are able to restore a little bit of order from there. Not much I could give you in Mariners versus Nationals at 0-0 as I wind up doing this in the fourth inning. Guardians are up 2-0 in the fifth against the San Diego Padres in a game in which we've seen some pretty rough umpiring to say the least. Brandon Drury had a Rightful gripe on something that wound up happening to him as for the Cleveland Guardians, a team that is currently second to last in terms of home runs on a per-game basis in baseball. A pair of bombs off of Mike Clevenger as Oscar Gonzalez, home run number four of the season, Andres Jimenez. He winds up getting home run number 15 of the campaign, and the Blue Jays just completely pummel the Boston Red Sox going into the bottom of the eighth, 9-2 to as George Springer has been able to supply a triple and three RBI. And this one, Ross Stripling, gives up just one run over the course of six innings. And Stripling has actually been very good for this Blue Jays team, now allowing two runs or fewer in each out of his previous six starts. Yusei Kikuchi gives up a run while getting two outs out of the bullpen, which him being delegated to the bullpen is pretty much rightfully so there. And Josh Winkowski should be renamed Josh Kowski because there was no winning involved in this one. Got eight outs, gave up six runs, all of which were no home runs, by the way. For the Blue Jays in this one, it's Austin Davis. Two runs surrendered in two to third innings. Edekaz Sadamona gives up a run in an inning. Jurisdiction Familia, Ryan Brazier. They both are able to supply a scoreless inning as well. So, lots going on in Major League Baseball right now. Now, quite a few of these results are pending. So, subject to a little bit of change as to what we're seeing in Major League Baseball season to date. But, overall, unders they've been hitting right around 51.8%. 897 unders to 833 overs as I wind up doing this podcast. And if you're looking at favorites, they're hitting at a 59.8% clip overall for the season. But the big thing have been home favorites, 689 and 455 as 
I wind up doing this, but among those 689 straight-up wins for home favorites, you've already had now 211 instances where they have not covered the run line. And take a look at the last 30 days. We have seen 200 unders to 173 overs. So 53.5% of games have wound up going under the total of favorites, hitting at what we've been seeing all season long, right around 59.7% of the time for favorites, 237 and 160 straight up. Meanwhile, if you take a look at home favorites, 149 and 85. So they have been the ones that have been reigning supreme. So that's what we wound up seeing in Major League Baseball on Tuesday, and that's what we're getting overall in terms of a trends perspective. And now coming up next, we talk to Matt Josephs, better known as Mid-Major Matt, about what he's seeing in terms of really the prop perspective of being able to handicap some of these baseball teams. Take a look at Wednesday as well with him right here on the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now a part of the Decent Family Podcast. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it off, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. And we're back here in Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family Podcast, and always great to be joined by this guy says, Mid-major Matt, Matt Josephs does an absolutely amazing job taking a look at the game of baseball. And I really handicaps a little bit of everything. For those of you guys that are getting into the college football season, Week Zero, which I still think is a ridiculous name, it's a conversation for a another show at another time. But with that said, I know that Matt is getting set for the upcoming college football season's Athlon Sports Previews. Absolutely tremendous on that front. Dane to day out does a great job taking a look at the strikeout prop market and really just so many ways to be able to bet baseball. And then, as his name would suggest, does a great job taking a look at college basketball as well. And to be able to follow Mid-Major Matt on Twitter, is that Mid-Major Matt all together? And my friend, always great to have you aboard. Thank you. Always great to join the show. And yeah, there's always a lot to talk about as we get towards the end of the baseball season. There always is. And this time of year, you wind up finding some starting pitchers that shall we say, are a little bit less than trustworthy, I think is the most polite way to put it, because just taking a look at the board for Wednesday, we get the gift that keeps on giving of TJ Zoik getting the start for the Cincinnati Reds. I thought he was getting sent down to AAA once again, but here he is. He's making a start. Mike Myers, no, not the gentleman that we remember best from I Married an Axe Murder, is going to be getting a start. Jose Reina, he's getting a start as well. What do you wind up doing with some of these games that they wind up trotting out there, sir, that, shall we say, has been less than stellar and or has a very small track record and a not-so-great small track record? Yeah, I believe it was supposed to be Ram Ashcraft, and he went on the DL. So, yes, we're getting the gift of Zoik for the Cincinnati Reds. And there's a lot of different ways to kind of do it. And as a guy who kind of bases his baseball handicapping off the starting pitchers, I've found that what you can do is you can do a first three bet. You could do a first five bet if you want to involve the pitch with teams. Uh, you can also, depending upon the sports book, take an over on their earn runs allowed. You could take an under on their strikeouts, under on their outs markets. You can also do first five team totals. So there's a lot of different ways to take advantage of it. And that's kind of what I like to do, as you mentioned with baseball, is to take out the amount of things that I need to count on. By betting on a baseball game, I need both teams to do what I want. I need both starters, both bullpens, both lineups. By betting on only one aspect of it, then I only need one aspect of the game to go my way. So I'm trying to minimize factors like that when I handicap these games. And we brought up the name Zoik a little bit earlier. And 
I've got to think that we're going to see a little bit of movement on this number because with it being relisted on DraftKings right now in Zoic versus Christopher Sanchez, which I don't know about you, but that's not necessarily the guy that I want out there for the Philadelphia Phillies myself. I'm seeing a total of eight with the Phillies right around a minus 230 favorite. Honestly, the money line doesn't look too far out of whack, but I mean, a Christopher Sanchez versus TJ Zoic start of an eight. I'm not sure about you. I mean, I'm sure that I'm a little bit higher on this than others because at a nine, I'd be taking a look at it over, but eight just feels really low on an opener for this. Yeah, it does. I'll say this, uh, you know, having watched a couple of Christopher Sanchez starts, he's good the first time through the order, and then he doesn't necessarily have a ton of good stuff. So he kind of, you know, uh, slows down a little bit that second time through the order. The problem is the red atrocious lineup overall, and B, they're not very good against left-handed starting pitchers. So this would be a situation where I would maybe go for like a Phillies team total, thinking that they're going to score a lot of runs. Of course, I've watched them enough to know when they do, sometimes when they see crappy pitchers, They don't do very well. They did rock him in Cincinnati. So I would look to kind of isolate maybe one of the teams a little bit more just in case you get a solid start from Christopher Sanchez. Yep. I do think that Christopher Sanchez does have a little bit of upside. I think they could wind up landing a good start, even if he does. The total of eight just, I don't know. It just feels like it's a little bit low there. I was expecting something a little bit higher as our good friend mid-major Matt is joining me right here on the podcast. And then I take a look at another starter that has been a very far from trustworthy. And this is someone that in past years has had a track record of success. And I'm talking about Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. Going to be going on the road, going up against Spencer Watkins of the Orioles. This one wound up opening up in a lot of spots right around Pickham. We're seeing this go to the White Sox being right around a minus 120 favorite. And not sure how you've been playing a lot of these Lucas Giolito. And for that matter, just on a White Sox team, Lance Lynn starts. But I've had no faith in Giolito or Lance Lynn, unless it's a really, really good situation for them. And this is another spot in which I think I'm going to be targeting the Baltimore Orioles in a couple different ways. Yeah, it's an Orioles team that's playing really well right now. They're in the wild card mix. And, and G Lee is a guy, you can get him the first time through the order. He's not as good that first time. And he's one of these guys who kind of gets better. But it's interesting. Some of his poor starts have come against uh, the better lineups. Did have that interesting start in Colorado where he gave up three runs in five innings. But giving up four runs in seven innings and eight hits to the Tigers. And then getting rocked by the Guardians at home and getting rocked by the Tigers at home. Yeah. Giolito is the type of guy. My one worry is occasionally the Orioles are not the type of team to take advantage of poor starting pitchers. Uh, so that would kind of be my worry. But yeah, Giolito is definitely on my fade list. However, I could possibly do so. Yeah, I've not had any faith in Lucas Giolito whatsoever. And with the Baltimore Orioles, they're one of those teams I do trust a little bit more for a full game rather than a first five because, I mean, let's call it what it is. When it comes to the Orioles starting pitching, it's certainly far from terrific. Jordan Lyles, the gentleman that is going to be going on. Wednesday in Spence Watkins has been a little bit better of late, but certainly not necessarily a household name, not a guy that's going to be going out there and is probably going to go like seven scoreless settings or anything like that. But the bullpen has been very solid. It's been a team that has been able to come up with a lot of timely hitting as well. When it comes to taking a look at some of these teams like the Orioles, I know you do a good job of being able to isolate some teams in terms of like a first five. I know that you even on occasion sometimes going with the first three. Are there just certain teams that you're willing to trust them a little bit more on a full game like the Baltimore Orioles as compared to 
say a team with a really bad bullpen. I'm looking at you, the San Francisco Giants, and you just pretty much X them off in terms of teams that you're looking to take a look at for the full game. Yeah, I mean, I have not played a ton of full game stuff this year because I'm not up on the bullpens as much. I mean, as you mentioned, I do know whose bullpens are not very good. You mentioned the Giants. And so those are kind of the situations where, especially if it's a road team that gets that guaranteed at bat in the ninth, that's the other thing I would have liked for the Phillies game is that I would have guaranteed myself that ninth inning at bat for the Phillies. That's why I would have been a little bit more interested in Cincinnati because most likely the Phillies are going to win this game. They're not going to bat in the bottom of the ninth and they're not going to help me on this total. But yeah, a lot of my bets, as I say, are five inning bets because I'm basing my stuff off the starting pitcher. And, you know, on a night to night basis, like, you know, the Phillies bullpen takes a bit of a hit with Sir Anthony Dominguez getting hurt. I know Corey Knievel wasn't good, but he's done for the season. He kind of found himself a little bit of a role here. So a lot of my bets are based off the starting pitchers. But yeah, you definitely want to take advantage of these bad bullpens that are out there. It certainly is interesting to take a look at some of these bullpens, and I mean, we've seen it wind up happening with a lot of teams that have been trustworthy as well throughout the season, as Major Matt, better known as Matt Josephs, he is joining me right here on the podcast, and I, mean, I do take a look at some of these teams with struggling bullpens. I do think that it's important to take a look at at a night-in and night-out basis. A big reason why I had a little bit more faith in the Milwaukee Brewers than I might have otherwise on Tuesdays because I knew that Devin Williams had not wound up pitching on Monday in their win. So having a guy that's given up two earned runs over his last 39 appearances, that's something that's terrific. Meanwhile, on the flip side for a team like the San Diego Padres and Josh Hader over his last 15 appearances entering into Tuesday with a north of 14 ERA, I think that that is something that is very important to take a look at. And how much do you think that it should wind up affecting your handicap when you do have certain guys that are available in your bullpen versus not? Because I do think that it is worth a few cents to line if you're looking at a lockdown closer like a Devin Williams, like an Edwin Diaz, having having them available as opposed to not having them available. Yeah. And it's always something I've kind of talked about. And it's along the same lines as the NFL preseason and things like that. You know, when you are looking at a specific market and you really know as much information about that market, you can certainly win those things. And that's why when you bring up the bullpens and things like that, it's a little bit more for a guy like me to look at who's available. There's some very good websites. Um, I was at pitcherslist.com does a great job of talking about bullpen usage, who might be available, how many times has somebody been used beforehand. But if you're going to bet a whole nine innings, you should certainly certainly be on top of the bullpens and certainly be on. You don't want to go into a game without Devin Williams. You don't want to go into a game without uh, Diaz, as you mentioned, or any of the many multitude of Yankees arms that they have. You don't want to be caught off guard because you can get all this information rather easily. So yeah, knowing who's available, knowing in an ideal situation, like, all right, my star's going to give me six. This guy's going to go seven. This guy eight, this guy nine. That's going to help out your handicapping tremendously. I totally agree with you. I do think that that is always something interesting to take a look. And then obviously I know that you do a good job of taking a look at starting lineups as well, because not only does it wind up affecting some of your first five, some of your full game handicapping when you wind up diving into that as well. But I know that it's big in terms of K props as well. And has there been anything that you've been noticing really here in the month of August since we did wind up having the trade deadline come and pass that has really been coming to the forefront in terms of the way that you've been engaging strikeout props, whether that be a team that has been going over a lot or 
a team that's been striking out a little bit less with a certain lineup. I mean, I'll tell you this. We're now starting to get to the time where teams are going to start doing innings limits. And it's really important because I think if you can kind of guess somewhat and beat the books to this sort of thing, like last year, there were some guys that around this time were starting to see their innings. Uh, Tariq Skubal last year, if you remember, uh, and I'm sure you do, the Tigers towards the end of the year started cutting back innings on all their starting pitchers. Well, the books didn't realize for the first one or two times, and you can, you know, it's one of those loopholes that you could take advantage of before the books kind of close. So I've seen a guy like Nestor Cortez at times get his pitches reduced. So kind of look at some of these teams that are falling out of the race and seeing some of the young pitchers, and maybe you're only going to see them go five innings, and therefore you could find some certain situations. On the other side, you could certainly take advantage of a pitcher who's coming off the IL, has had rehab starts, has not had rehab starts. Those are things you should certainly be uh, researching. Were they high-pressure situations? How many pitches did he throw? Does the manager come out and say, this guy's going to only go 60, 75 pitches? You can certainly take advantage of all those things because the managers are going to say some of that stuff and the books may not necessarily always pay attention. And I do think that it is always important to take a listen to some of those pre and post game comments of managers, because oftentimes you mention it with regards to guys being on a pitch count. They'll mention the night before, oh, player X, he has played each other the last five days, something like that. We're in a long stretch. We're going to give him the day off. He'll be available to pinch it, but won't be in the starting lineup. That's something that you're able to utilize as well. And sometimes that doesn't wind up getting priced into the line as well until it is too late. People wind up finding out towards like the afternoon when the lineup is actually posted. And if you're able to realize that before the official tweet from insert your team's Twitter page here winds up going out, you're able to take advantage of that as well. So very good point that you bring up there, Matt. And in terms of just what we're going to be seeing on Wednesday in general, is there anything that you are taking a look at that we haven't addressed yet that you're going to be targeting, whether it be a strikeout prop, first five, full game, list goes on and on. I know that you bet baseball in a wide variety of ways, looking at uh, just a wide variety of markets in general. Anything that's really catching your eye right now? The two pitchers I'll be dying to, and as you tell people, we're doing this the night before, so the K-prop numbers aren't out yet. Um, The two guys I'm looking at, Blake Snell's been fantastic. He's been striking. He's been mowing everybody down, and he's been absolutely awesome. And the good thing for him is it's road Blake Snell and home Blake Snell are starting to become more consistent. And so that's something to look for. He's going up against the Cleveland Guardians, and I got the Guardians right. The Guardians are 41 and 71 to the under. So the under has hit 71 times in their K-props this season. But I'll say this, against left-handers, they've been a little bit worse. So I'll be interested to see what this number is for Blake Snell tomorrow because there's a chance if they hang it a little bit too low, I may go over on that one. Another pitcher I'm interested in, Cal Quantrill. I might be the only Cal Quantrill fan in uh, in the country. His outs prop over has been such money. He will either have a really good outing and he will go at least six or seven innings or he'll even have a bad outing and still manage to go five or six innings. So I'll be interested to see what the outs prop is for him. And then, of course, Cole Irvin going up against the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins are averaging just over six strikeouts a game against left-handed starting pitchers. He's not necessarily a strikeout guy, but against the Marlins, almost anybody is a strikeout guy. Certainly, I'll be interested to see what Zach Logue does. He's not a strikeout guy either. He's a mediocre left-hander, but against this lineup, he could be Cy Young. So those three pitchers, I'll be very interested to see the numbers and how I can take advantage of them. Hey, you went to the right podcast in terms of some fandom for Cal Quantrill. I've always liked the way that he winds up pitching. Not a guy that's going to go out there and is going to give you a double digit amount of strikeouts or anything like that, but steady Eddie guy, doesn't wind up giving up a lot of walks, pitch of contact, relatively consistent guy. 
I like the way that he's pitched. I have backed him quite a bit this season. So, hey, I'm right there with you, Matt. And Matt, I know you're doing a great job looking at a wide variety of things. You just, throughout the entirety of the season, do a tremendous job with baseball. And I know that your plate is going to be a little bit more full here in the next few months because I know that you're going to be doing a great job on the college football scene, taking a look at everything that we're going to be getting on Saturdays. And then college basketball season is going to be getting it set in November. I know that you're doing your preseason research getting set for that season as well. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Yeah, at Major Matt on Twitter is where you can find me. And certainly if you are somebody who has a question about the non-stationary stuff, I know people ask you all the time, Greg, oh, what do you think about this first five, this live bet and things like that? And that's not necessarily your realm. I'm always here to help. We always have the same goal. We just want to beat the books. My Athlon Sports College football articles are out. Win total opinions on every team in the country. And my NFL ones are starting to come out as well. You can find the link on my Twitter page. And then as you said, you know, college football is uh, week zero is approaching. I just saw VCU's basketball. Basketball non-conference schedule is out, so we're getting closer to the college basketball. So the hamster wheel keeps spinning. That is the sports world. I always appreciate you having me on the show. Yes, sir. Matt is going to be a very bitsy man the next few months, and it should be appreciated, all the work that he does, because he does a great job being able to handicap a wide variety of things, and every single time he joins this podcast, lends absolutely tremendous insights, much like he did today. A big thanks to Matt Josephs, a.k.a. Mid-Major Matt, for joining me right here on the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Beast Family Podcast. And coming up next, it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis. Every game on the betting board for this MOB Wednesday as we touch them all. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it off? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. 
Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think. Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare getting ready to take on spring make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Breaking down every game, every day in Major League Baseball, this is the Baseball Betting Show. Here is your host, Greg Peterson. We're back here at Love you, Las Vegas for the Baseball Betting Show with myself, Greg Peterson, now part of the Beeson Family of Podcasts, and it is always great to get on our friend Matt Josephs, better known as Mid-Major Matt does a great job handicapping a little bit of everything. For those that are into college football, his Athlon Sports Previews absolutely magnificent on that front. Day in and day out, does a great job taking a look at the MLB board, specifically the prop market as well. He does so many different things, and as you can tell from his name, does a great job when it comes to the college basketball front, and has joined me quite a bit on my Coast to Coast Hoops podcast as well. So, great to be able to get Matt on today. A big thanks to him. Now it is that time of the podcast to give you picks and analysis on every game on the betting board for this MLB Wednesday as we... Touch them all. If a game is listed on the betting board, Greg has a side and a total on it, so it is time to touch them all. Do you note that as per usual, any changes that are made to these plays will be listed up on my Twitter feed at unit underscore 81, where you're going to be going in Las Vegas rotation order. This is where we wind up going with the National League games first, then the American League games, and any interleague games. Those are going to be at the bottom. That'll keep things all nice, neat, clean, and easy. Without further ado, let's dive in with 9.51, 9.52 on the board. It is the Atlanta Braves at the road to face off against the Pittsburgh Pirates as Mitch Keller is going to be going for the Buccos and Kyle Wright hopes to be Mr. Wright for the Bravos. The Braves are in between minus 230 and minus 240 favorites. Between plus $2 and plus 215 is your price on Pittsburgh with 8 napping the total. The under is minus 115 and the over is minus 105. Going to be taking a look at an under. Semi total at an 8.3. I just don't have a lot of faith in the Pittsburgh Pirates being able to do their part on this over as you've got so many guys like Yoshi Tsutsugo, Gregory Allen, Onyo Cruz, Padres, Maderas. You're able to go down the line of guys 
Bearing a 220 or lower for this Pittsburgh Pirates team. He's been able to get some good production out of Brian Reynolds, who's been able to hit 20 home runs for the team. He's been able to move the line and right around at 260. Cabrian Hayes is off the injury list. He, Michael Chavis, Ben Gamble, hitting between about a 245 to a 250-ish. So these guys have been able to do a relatively rock-solid job there. But you do take a look at this Atlanta Braves lineup, and I mean, it is a very fearsome lineup. As you have seen Austin Riley struggle a little bit. He's got just three home runs over his last 25 games. But he, Dansby Swanson, Michael Harris II, they're in between about a 280 to a 290. You've got Ronald Acuna Jr. being able to do a good job of being able to move the line. They are going to be going up against the Pittsburgh Pirates team that has seen their bullpen be able to have some long guys that have been able to do a nice job, as Chase Young has been able to provide a sub-250 ERA. It has been very solid as to what we've been able to get out of Colin Holderman at 222 ERA. Will Crow has been relatively trustworthy as well. And for Mitch Keller, always had his walks issues. He's given up right around 3.3 bucks per nine innings this season. He's got a 480 home ERA compared to a 420 ERA on the road. But with Keller, he's been able to give up less than three walks per nine innings over the course of his last five starts. He's been able to keep the ball in the yard as well. He's about a little bit over 25 innings in those last five starts. He has given up just two home runs along the way. But the Atlanta Braves, they've been able to back up their start with a really good bullpen as well as Dylan Lee, Kenley Jansen. You're able to throw in there Tyler Madzik. All these guys have been solid. A.J. Minter as well. And then for Kyle Wright, he has been Mr. Wright all season long, getting right around 8.7 strikeouts per nine innings. Has been consistent home to road. 305 home ERA compared to a 327 ERA on the road. Has been able to cut down on the deep ball as well. And he was always having his issues towards the early part of his career of giving up walks. This year, he has really been able to cut that down as well. So I do think that the Atlanta Braves put themselves in very good footing here, especially with the Pittsburgh Pirates just not having a lot of offense, which is why I did wind up saying my total at an 8.3. I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot with the Atlanta Braves. Was willing to lay up to a minus 144 on the run line. Currently find that anywhere between minus 135 to a minus 140. I do want to reduce the juice, so I'm going to be taking a look at the run line in this spot of the Atlanta Braves, and I am also going to be taking a look at this total under as well. 953-954 is going to be the DK Nation pick, guys. It is the Cincinnati Reds. Yes, we are in Cincinnati, and they're under the road facing up against the Philadelphia Phillies as Christopher Sanchez is going to be going for the Phillies and DJ Zoik is going to be on the bump for the Red Legs. This is a game in which I'm only finding at DraftKings. Total has been fluctuating between 8 and 8.5. On the 8th, the over has been minus 120. The under has been even on the 8.5. Under is minus 120 and the over is even with the Phillies. Find them at a minus 240 and plus $2 on the Cincinnati Reds. And if you are taking a look at the run line of the Philadelphia Phillies, you are going to be finding them at a minus 115 and the DK Nation pick, it is going to be on the over. It doesn't matter if it's an 8, an 8.5. It could go to a 9. It could go to a 9.5. I think that this total should be right around 10. It's a very, very low total. With Mr. Zoik, he has made two starts thus far this season. One coming against his very Philadelphia Phillies team. Another coming against the Metropolitans. He has given up in those two starts, spanning a grand total of eight innings. 12 runs, six runs in each of them, a combined four home runs. This guy had a six ERA at the minor league level. Why they are giving him starts just absolutely befuddles me. This guy does not belong on a major league mound right now. And then he's going up against someone in Christopher Sanchez that his last start wanted coming on July 5th. He's been relatively solid at the minor league level. And when he's been set up to the big leagues, he does have a 380 ERA. There are some good swing and miss when it comes to Chris for Sanchez, and in that last start against Washington Nationals, he was able to go five scoreless innings. Once again, that is against the Washington Nationals, though, so take that with a little bit of a grain of salt, and when it comes to this Philadelphia Phillies team, they're getting a little bit healthier as well. Kyle Schwarber is back in the fold. Batting average has 
not necessarily been his forte, but he's been able to slug out north of 33 home runs thus far this season. Ever since the Minions movie, The Rise of Gru wanted coming out, it's been a case in which JT Riamuto has been the best inning catcher in the big leagues, and that's about a month and a half time span. Always nice to be able to give the Minions a little bit of love, but he, along with Nick Cassianos, both hitting right around about at 265. Derek Hall, whenever he's been out there, as he's been a little bit banged up, he started out the year not with the Major League Club. He's been able to do a solid job for the team as well. Gene Segura's come back, and ever since he's come off the injury list, he's been hitting above a 300 for the Cincinnati Reds. It is a case in which it is a little bit of a top-heavy lineup when you do have guys at the bottom like an Adi Stide, Sakino, Austin Romine, Stuart Fairchild. It's not necessarily great, but Donovan Solano's hitting above a 300. Jonathan India, Nick Senzel, hitting between about a 242-250. Kyle Farmer has been able to move the line. i got a feeling Mike Moussakis is going to be able to pick it up as well, but with the Reds, I just don't think that you're going to get a lot of length out of Mr. Zoik. And then on top of that, this is a Reds bullpen that's currently dead last in the big leagues. In terms of ERAs, Alexis Diaz has been able to do a very solid job, posting up right around a 2 ERA, but then everyone else, like your Art Ro- Warrens, Hunter Strickland, Ian Gabo, list goes on and on of guys. Plus, they get north of a 5 ERA. At this point, they're trotting out their Louis Sessa for starts, so that is taxing the bullpen even more for the Philadelphia Phillies. They're currently without Sir Anthony Dominguez in that bullpen, Craig Knable as well. I like both of those pieces, so they're a little bit depleted, and this has been one of the best bullpens of the big leagues ever since they did wind up canning George Girardi, so now they've got someone like a Michael Plasmeyer that they're going to be looking to for innings. They still have David Robertson. I do like what you've been able to get all season long out of Connor Brogdon as well. He's been able to post up a sub-2 ERA, but it's a little bit more diminished, so my DK Nation pick here is going to be on the over, as like I said, I feel like this total should be closer to 10, and then with the Phillies, I put the minus 232 on the money line, but I'm willing to lay up to a minus 130 on the run line, so DK Nation pick going to be on the over. I'm also looking at the Phillies on the run line. 955-956 on the bank board. It is the St. Louis Cardinals in a third face-off against the Chicago Cubs as it is good old to be determined for the Cubs, and Miles Michaelis is on the bump for the Cardinals. Now, it looks like it's going to be either Hayden Wesniski or we are going to be getting Caleb Killian, one of the younger guys for the Chicago Cubs against Michaelis, and it won't be making too much of a difference either way. I put Wesniski in the spreadsheet as of the time of this recording, and I do wind up making the Cardinals a minus 184 favorite, up to a minus 117 on the run line, with nonetheless being a take on the over 9.5 prior to the under. If you take a look at the win, looks like it's going to be blowing out very, very, very slightly. By that, I mean under 5 miles per hour. Not going to be playing too much of a key here. And for both gentlemen that were thinking either Wisniewski or Killian, both of these guys have been able to do an okay job at the minor league level for Wisniewski. A little bit less swing and miss than Killian, but a couple fewer walks as well for Killian. Got off to a really good start to the season. Has been fading a little bit ever since then. For Wisniewski, he's been able to pick up a little bit more steam, so a little bit of better form, but I do think that Killian has a little bit of better stuff, which is why I'm feeling relatively the same on both of these gentlemen. And for the St. Louis Cardinals, they did wind up having their struggles in the double dip that we wound up seeing yesterday and for the Cardinals entering into this series. They had scored five plus runs in seven straight games. They wound up going through an 18 inning stretch in which they generate just one run. You got to feel like these guys are going to be able to pick it up. Albert Pools. Over the last three days, there's no way he's going to be able to continue what he's been doing. He wound up having a stretch of 48 at-bats in which he wound up hitting eight home runs and was hitting in that stretch right around a 460. Absolutely ridiculous. It's good to see him be able to have that success. It's just not sustainable, but do have Nolan Arenado. 25 bombs, 300 batting average. Paul Goldschmidt going into to game two of the double dip 
100 RBI, 30 home runs, 420 on base. But then on top of that, Brendan Donovan has been able to hit nearly a 300. You've been able to have Nolan Gorman be able to give you a double-digit amount of homers. Paul DeYoung, ever since he got recalled, has been better. Lars Newtbar, since the All-Star break, has been hitting nearly a 300. And for the Cubs, they have a deal with a little bit of nailment to Patrick Wisdom as he and Wilson Contreras have been the main mashers for this team, both being able to provide a little bit north of 20 home runs this season. For Wisdom, he was able to play game two of the doubleheader, so a little bit encouraging there as you do have Nick Madrigal, P.J. Higgins, both guys in between about a 242, 250. You have been able to get some good production out of Ian App as well. He's hitting at 275. Christopher Morrell does a solid job of being a move the line as well, but for the Cubs, they really had to dive into their bullpen deep. In game number one, Eric Uelman throwing 30-plus pitches, likely knocked himself out. He's got a sub-3 ERA for the season. Michael Rucker's a little bit of an inning seater. He's out of the fold as well. You've got to figure that Anderson Espinosa probably going to be seeing a lot of action in this one. Steven Brault is someone that they could wind up using as a long guy, but he himself has been getting used up quite a bit. Meanwhile, for the St. Louis Cardinals, they're dealing with an injury to Ryan Helsley, but you're able to have some innings being eaten by Packy Naughton, who's been able to do a good job as a long guy. I do like what you've been able to get out of Giovanni. Gallegos all season long. Genesis Cabrera is able to give you multiple innings. He's been posting up right around a 340 ERA, and I do think the Miles Michael is going to be able to come out and give a relatively good start now. He does have right around a 423 ERA on the road compared to a 245 ERA at home. It has been a case which the deep ball has been hurting him a little bit, right around 1 to 1.1 home runs per 9 innings, but he gives up in the pocket about 1.6, 1.7 walks per 9 innings is going to pitch a contact. He gets fewer than seven strikeouts per nine innings, but has been able to do a rock-solid job all season long of being able to hold down, especially lefties, as lefties are hitting just a 2-12 off of them and have not been able to go yard off of them all season long. So I do think that Michael is going to be able to turn in a very good start in this circumstance. I did wind up setting the Cardinals as a result. Minus 184 on the money line, minus 117 on the run line, and then nine or less looking at an over 9.5 for higher. The under in a day in which should not wind up involving a lot of win out there in Wrigley Field. 957, 958 on the bang board. It is the LA Dodgers. They are going to be playing us the Milwaukee Brewers. It's a bullpen game for the Brewers, and Andrew Heaney is on the bump for the Dodgers. We don't know who's going to be starting for the Brewers, so this is a game that's presently off the board. We're probably going to be getting the poo-poo platter of Jason Alexander and Brent Suter going for the Milwaukee Brewers as Aaron Ashby wound up getting placed on the injured list, which is why the Brewers are in this circumstance. And if we do wind up getting that said poo-poo platter, I'd be setting the Dodgers as a minus 244 favorite. I do think that we're starting to see a little bit of regression when it comes to our good friend Andrew Heaney. He does wind up giving up five runs three of which were earned in his last start against the Milwaukee Brewers, giving up three home runs. And that is something to highlight with the Milwaukee Brewers as we've got a trio of guys, William Adamas, Rowdy Tellez, along Thunder Renfro, then I've been able to crank out 22 plus home runs for the Brewers this season in terms of home runs on the road this season. Going into the game that we wound up seeing on Tuesday, they were leading the National League in that category. Problem has been just being able to get guys consistently on base as you've got Andrew McCutcheon, Kessid Hira, they're on their mic, but also along with Christian Yelich in between about a 247 to a 260 and then Renfro, Rowdy Tellez are any more around about a 240 to a 235. So they don't necessarily have that one guy that's able to be a table setter for the scene, but they certainly have been able to do a good job of going yard. And then you just take a look at this LA Dodgers Death Star lineup and the fact that the Brewers have to trot out there. Pretty much a bullpen game, and that's not necessarily ideal as you've got Trey Turner down for what? Joey Gallo, Cody Bellinger, Max Muncie, Will Smith, Freddie Freeman, all with between 15 and 18 home runs. And then Mookie Betts has 27 home runs at the leadoff spot. Ian Will Smith hitting at 275. Freddie Freeman has been at 320. It has been absolutely remarkable. And whether it be Jason Alexander or Brent Suter, both of these guys are not strikeout guys. Suter was actually a starter towards the early part of his career. He's become a little bit more of a guy that you can typically get a little bit more than an inning out of him, but he probably won't be able to give you much more than three. Trevor Kelly is 
also a little bit of an option for the team as well, but he's got a poopy 663 ERA. He's a long guy that's able to give you multiple innings. There's not a lot of upside there. Jason Alexander has made some starts, but also keep in mind that he did wind up pitching on Monday in this series as well, so that winds up diminishing a little bit of the length that he's able to end, and for Alexander, he's got north of a 5 ERA, and his strikeouts per 9 rate right around 5, and he gives up right around 4 walks per 9, and he's well not getting any strikeouts. That's a little bit of an issue, and then for the LA Dodgers, it's a bullpen in which the smaller guys have been able to do a very solid job for this team. Caleb Ferguson, going into what we wound up seeing on Tuesday, a sub-0.50 ERA. Alex Vecilla has been solid. You've got a sub-2 ERA of, of Elvin Phillips, and then when it comes to Craig Kimbrell, it's a guy that you don't want to trust. They get back for starter Gradera, which is solid, and for Andrew Heaney, in a small sample size at home, he's allowed one earned run over the course of four starts at home for a sub-0.50 ERA. There's going to be positive progression here. Andrew Heaney's always a guy that I thought could wind up putting it together. He's been able to get over 11.5 strikeouts per nine innings. Opponents are a buck 94 off of him. He's given up just four home runs over the course of 35 and two-thirds innings. This is going to go northward because this is just completely unsustainable, but I do think that he's going to be able to turn a good start in a game that is going to be a little bit higher scoring despite the fact that it is a nighttime game out there in Los Angeles because the Brewers, they do have to try it out there a bullpen game. So with Heaney wanting to put them at a minus 244 favor with the Dodgers, up to a minus 135 is what I'm willing to lay on the run line. Then nine or less looking at an over nine and a half prior to the under. As we go 959, 960 on the bang board, the Baltimore Orioles are going to be playing us to the Chicago White Sox as Lucas Giolito is going to be going for the Sox and Spencer Watkins is on the bump for Baltimore. Baltimore opened up as a pick and now they become the underdog. Anywhere between plus 105 and plus 114. Meanwhile, with Baltimore, it's anywhere between minus 120 and a minus 125. 18 and a half is your total. On the 8, the over is minus 120 and the under is even. On the 8 and a half, the under is minus 120 and the over is even. And I do think that the Baltimore Orioles should be the favorite of minus 121. I talked about that with mid-major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs, and it's a case in which I just can't trust in Lucas Giolito. He has actually been a little bit better on the road than he has been at home as Giolito's ERA winds up climbing up north of a 5-5 whenever he is at home, which has been very startling to see, to say the least, and he still has been able to get strikeouts. When it comes to Giolito, he's been able to mow him down with right around 10.5 strikeouts per 9 innings, but overall for the season, a 5.34 ERA, giving up over 1.6 home runs per 9 innings on the road this season. He has been able to post up a 4.16 ERA, giving up down home runs in 62 and two-thirds innings. Opponents overall hitting a 2.91 off of him, though. He has been giving up the free passes with a little bit over three walks per 9 innings, and even the starts of which Giolito has been solid, and I still remember a few weeks ago, he does start against the Texas Rangers. Gives up one run over five innings. Went over 100 pitches. Was very lucky to get out of at least one bases loaded situation. So it's not been great there. And then you take a look at Spencer Watkins. And guy's been relatively solid this season. He has now given up three plus runs in three out of his last five starts. But after he wound up having literally an eight ERA last season, he's been able to do a much better job of being able to keep the ball in the yard. One home run per nine innings surrendered this season. Right around 2.5 blocks per nine. Not a strikeout guy. He is getting less than six strikeouts per nine innings, but that said, he is backed up by a bullpen that is in the top six in terms of ERA as CNL Perez, Felix Batista, Joey Creeble, Keegan Aiken, all these guys have been able to do a solid job posting up a sub 3-2 ERA and then got a lot of balance when it comes to Baltimore Orioles. One of the guys I'm not going to mention is Orde Mateo, but he has been able to hit north of a 300 ever since the All-Star break. He and Cedric Mullins are in the top five in the American League in terms of stolen bases, but you take a look at Mullins, Anthony Santander, Adelie Rushman, Ryan McKenna, Austin the Sayers kid, Ramon Urias, Ryan Moncastle, all these guys are in between about a 248 to a 265 with Santander leading the way with 21 home runs. And then for the White Sox, 
This is a bunch that they rank in the bottom five in the big leagues in terms of home runs per game as Andrew Vaughn, Luis Robert throwing their Jose Abreu, all these guys hitting between 12 and 14 home runs going into Tuesday, but they're really your leaders in terms of home runs. That's a little bit of an issue. They do a good job of being able to move the line as currently they've got the best road batting average in the big leagues as the three gentlemen that I mentioned a little bit earlier along with Eli Jimenez owing at least a 290 for the team, but then you wind up getting into the bottom of the fold and then you've got Lurie Garcia along with someone like a Yasmani Grandal just not able to move the line for this team. Yo Mankata has been able to hit only about a 200 for this bunch. And for the Chicago White Sox, guys not named Kendall Graveman and Liam Hendricks have been a little bit of a liability for the team. You've been able to get a little bit of better pitching out of Rinaldo Lopez. Uh, the bullpen field starters have been able to do an okay job, but they trade for Jake Diekman. He's got north of a four ERA this season. Joe Kelly has been absolutely terrible out of the bullpen all season long. I do think that this is a White Sox bunch that needs to be the underdog in this circumstance. I have no faith in Lucas Giolito whatsoever. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 121 when it comes to Baltimore more Orioles. And with the Orioles, they've been able to do a good job all season long in close games because they do have that bullpen. I did wind up saying my total at 8.7 though because I do think that they are going to be able to get to Mr. Lucas Giolito. So whether it's an 8 or an 8.5 looking at the over and looking at the Baltimore Orioles. 961-962 on the betting board. This is an off the board game between the Toronto Blue Jays who hit the red face off against the Boston Red Sox. Says, we've got good old to be determined who's going to be on the bump for the Toronto Blue Jays and we've got good old to be determined who is going to be on the bump for the Boston Red Sox. So that always makes these ordeals very, very fun. Seeing Jose Barrios going for the Toronto Blue Jays and Rich Hill, who's going to be on the bump for the Boston Red Sox on ESPN.com. And if we do wind up getting good old Barrios versus Rich Hill, this would be a circumstance in which I'd be setting the Blue Jays at a minus 118. And this is another high total that I wound up setting 10.2. So 10 or less, I'd be looking at an over 10.5 prior to the under. Now, to the credit of Mr. Jose Barrios, in his last road start, he was able to do a solid job against the New York Yankees, giving up two runs, one of which was earned over the course of six and two-thirds innings. You take a look at Jose Barrios for his career, and he's always had an ERA more than a full point higher on the road than at home, and that has been on steroids this season. A 4-10 home ERA, a 6.82 ERA on the road, giving up 26 bombs over the course of 128 and two-thirds innings this season. And then Rich Hill, well, he is the oldest active starting pitcher in the big leagues. He's been giving up right around 1.2 home runs per nine innings to his credit. He's been able to cut down on the walks, right around 2.6, 2.7 walks, per nine innings, but also it is a case which his strikeout numbers way down because, well, he's 42 years old, no shocker there, and he's got a 682 home ERA compared to a 344 ERA on the road, and both of these lineups, they certainly do have their mashers. With the Boston Red Sox, you've got less in terms of home run power this year than in the past with Rafael Devers really carrying the mail. With this regard, he's Andrew Bogarts, both hanging between about a 295 to a 300, and Bogarts be able to supply 25-plus home runs, but take a look at Christian Arroyo, Alex Verdugo, the way that they've been able to hit between about a 282-285. That's been impressive. Got a concern for J.D. Martinez because it has been a really bad stretch for him. Over the last 45 days, hitting below a buck 75. But Tommy Pham, ever since he wanted coming over for the Boston Red Sox, he's been able to do a solid job. 17 games, three home runs, sitting in the neighborhood about a 275. That has been good. And then for the Toronto Blue Jays, Flaguerro Jr. has been able to crank out five bombs over the last 15 days. He's been able to hit with right around a 350 on base. Lourdes Gurriel, Alejandro Kirk. They moved the line, hitting a 300. Teos Hernandez, Boba Chet. They've had nice seasons in them for Matt Chet. 
Chapman, 24 home runs this season. He, under the radar, has been one of the better sluggers that we have seen over the last two months. So, got to give him a lot of credit. George Springer being off the injured list is good as well. But the reason why I do have the Blue Jays as a slight favorite, even though I honestly do wind up giving a very slight advantage to Rich Hill just because Jose Barrios has been that bad on the road. But with the Boston Red Sox, they lead the league in terms of bullpen ERA ever since the All-Star break by a full point. And for the Toronto Blue Jays, Anthony Bass winds up being picked up at the trade deadline. He's been solid. David Phelps, these closer in Jordan Romano, Adam Simber, all these guys posting up a 3-1 ERA or better. That has been relatively solid for this Blue Jays bunch as well. So, set a high total here. Don't really like this pitching matchup for either of these guys. Set my total at 10.210 or less, looking over 10.5 prior to the under and the Blue Jays. I did wind up making a minus 118 favorite as we go 963-964 on the betting board. It is the LA Angels on the road facing off against the Tampa Bay Rays as Going for the Rays, it's going to be Shane McClanahan and Mike Myers, no, not the comedian, is going to be going for the Angels. Seven is your total. Under is minus 115. The over is minus 105 for the Rays. It's anywhere between minus 245 and minus 260 on the money line. In between plus 215 and plus 230 is your price on the Angels. And I needed at least a plus 255 to take a shot on the Angels right now with the run line of the Rays. You're finding it at a minus 105. A lot of this is due to the fact that it is expected to be a lower scoring game. And I do expect that as well. But I'm going to take the Rays on the run line for the LA Angels. It's been a really bad offense for them. Going into what we wound up seeing on Tuesday, they had scored three runs or fewer in pretty much six out of their last nine games. You have just seen them not be able to generate a lot of offense. Now, the good news is they do wind up having Mike Trout back in the fold, but his on-base percentage is his lowest ever since his rookie year of 2011. He hasn't been the same guy, even though he has been able to crank out home run every about 12 and a half or so at bats. You've had Joy Otani dealing with a little bit of a stomach bug. Seems like he's been able to sort that out as he's back in the starting lineup. He's been able to crank out 25-plus home runs, but Taylor Ward, Jared Walsh over the last 45 days. They're combined it right around at 200. Both of these guys have combined 31 home runs, but they've become liabilities along with guys like Mengoli Sierra, Kurt Suzuki, Max Stassi, Jose Roas hitting a 200 lower. David Fletcher ever since he's been brought up back up to the big leagues. He's been hitting above a 300, but then you do take a look at the Tampa Bay Rays and Harold Ramirez hitting a 335 for the team has been amazing, but Taylor Walls, Jose Ziri, Yu Chang, these guys hitting a 220 or lower towards bottom of the fold. They are liabilities. You've had Yeti Diaz be able to provide a 380 on base. And Radio Rosarena, how about him being able to slug out 17 home runs this season? But you take a look at what he's been able to do recently, and it certainly has been some of his best production of the season, getting five home runs over the course of the last 15 games. You've got Manuel Margot back in the fold. He's been able to move the line, and for the Tampa Bay race, it's been a dominant bullpen all season long. Jason Adam has been able to provide a sub-2 ERA ever since coming off the injured list. Pete Fairbanks has been solid. Jalen Beeks, along with Brooks Raley, Colin Pooch, all a sub-2, 3-2 ERA in them for the Angels. Jose Quijada has been relatively solid for the scene, but Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapero, two guys that they were really relying upon. North of the 3-6 ERA out of both of them. Got to figure that Mike Myers is going to be able to go probably about four, maybe five innings. He has went a combined nine and two-thirds innings in super long relief in his last two outings. The last time he wanted pitching was on the 17th of August, so they're looking to stretch him out. And for Myers, this is going to be his first real start, but he has been able to do the long relief, so they have been stretching him out recently in his last longer relief appearance, so against the Seattle Mariners gave up five runs, including three home runs. He's got a 522 ERA overall for the season. You could wind up seeing someone like a Tuki Desan 
coming in long relief for him as well. I mean, but he has someone that you you could expect to see as well. And then for Myers, he does have a road ERA of a buck twenty nine compared to an eight eighty home ERA. Gotta figure that that's due to small sample size as he's pitched twenty nine and a third innings this season with fourteen of them. Wind coming on the road, Jesse Chavez has been a little bit of a liability since he's wanted coming over from the Atlanta Braves as well as his ERA currently with the LA Angels is a nine thirty nine. So the Angels have just not been able to have a lot of pitching success. The Tampa Bay Rays they've been able to do a masterful job. But I do think that Jay McClanahan, someone that's looking to get back into the Cy Young hunt after a couple of rough starts, is going to be able to do so. As for McClanahan, he did wind up giving up a combined nine runs over the course of two starts against the Tigers and the Cleveland Guardians. But you take a look at what he's been able to do, and it's still been rock solid. He has still given up two earned runs or fewer in all but two of his starts since the beginning of the month of May. I mean, this is someone that I feel like has been boo-booed a little bit too much. He's still giving up less than a home run per nine innings. He's got a 238 home run compared to a 213 ERA on the road. His walks per nine rate, that is sub two. He's been able to get over 11 strikeouts per nine innings. I'd like the Rays to be able to win this game of multiple runs. I think that's going to be another tough day for the Angels' bats. Semi-total at 6.8, so looking under and willing to lay up to a minus 130 with the Rays' run line. So looking at that Rays' run line as we go, 965-966. On the banging board, the Minnesota Twins at third faceoff against the Houston Astros as Framber Valdez is going to be going for the Strohs and Dylan Don't Call him Al Bundy is on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota, a sizable underdog. Anywhere between plus 195 and plus $2. Between minus 220 minus 230, your price on Houston. 7.5 to 8 is your total. On the 8, the under is minus 115. The over is minus 105. On the 7.5, over is anywhere between minus 115 and minus 125. The under is anywhere between even and seeing a minus 105 and seeing a plus 105 out there as well. And for the Astros, set the minus 238 on the money line. If you're taking a look at the run line, buying that at a minus 105 was one to lay up to a minus 125. Got to take a look at Dylan don't call him Al Bundy's home and road splits, and he looks very much like Al Bundy when he's on the road because at home he's actually been a relatively solid pitcher. You can tell that Minnesota really plays to his strengths. He's got an ERA that's a 268. He has given up four home runs over the course of 40 and a third innings at home. 11 bombs at 63 and a third innings on the road with a 583 ERA. His strikeout numbers are significantly down this season. He's been getting only about seven strikeouts per nine innings. As a result, that has led to a lot of runs given up on the road. And then for Framber Valdez, he's actually been significantly better on the road rather than at home himself. 351 home ERA, 223 ERA on the road. Has been able to keep the ball in the yard in all facets. He's giving up less than home run per nine innings overall this season. Big thing has been with him, the walks, a little bit over three walks per nine innings, but he's been able to fortify himself a little bit more recently as his walks per nine rate over the course of his last five starts. That's been more in the neighborhood of about a two and a half, and then the Astros back him up with the league's top two bullpen out there in ERA. They and the Yankees have pretty much been trading off the moniker of number one on a day-in-a-day-out basis, depending upon how many innings the other wound up throwing the other night, but Seth Martinez, Rafael Montero, Ryan Stanek, Brian Abreu, all posting up a sub-250 ERA. Ryan Presley has been able to do a solid job, and then for the Minnesota Twins, Yohan Duran has been able to lead the big leagues in terms of pitches thrown at 100 plus miles per hour. He's got a sub-3 ERA. Ori Lopez has been a very solid acquisition for this team. He's a good close You've got Michael Fulmer with right around a three ERA, but problem was for the Minnesota Twins yesterday, they did wind up having to throw out there pretty much the cavalcade of guys because Aron Sanchez wound up getting the start, and this is an Astros lineup that they are down for past years, but still have plenty of power in there as Jordan Alvarez, 
right around a 400 on base, 30 plus home runs. Yuli Gurriel has been able to do a solid job of reaching base along Jeremy Pena's back at the full. Pena's been able to give you 15 home runs. Alex Bregman, Kyle Tucker, both of these guys have been able to hit between about a 260 to a 265 along Trey Boom Boom Mancini. And for Bregman, 365 on base. He's really been able to pick it up in terms of power as well. He had a little bit of a lackluster start to the season, but now he, along Kyle Tucker, Jose Altuve, all between 18 and 22 home runs. As for Bregman, he's been able to slug out five home runs over the team's last 14 games. Altuve, he's be able to move the line with a 365 on base. And then for the Minnesota Twins, your main masher, that would be Byron Buxton. He's only hanging right around 225, but a home run every about 12 and a half or so at bats. He did wind up getting a little bit of rest yesterday, so he should be back in the full. Luis Arias has been a good table setter hitting a 325. And then you've got guys like Gio Urshela, Nick Gordon, Jose Miranda, Carlos Correa, hitting between about a 265 to a 280. These guys have been rock solid. Your other main Guy in terms of being able to go deep, Ode Palunco, 345 on base, 15 plus home runs out of him. So I do think that there's going to be plenty of runs in this game. I do think the Valdez going to get a little bit less lucky on the ball, not winding up leaving their yard on him. He has been able to do a little bit better job in terms of the swing and miss stuff. But I do like this Minnesota lineup, but I don't like Dylan Buddy taking them out as well. I'm willing to lay up to a minus 125 on the Astros run line. So looking there, semi total at an 8.3. So also looking at an over 967, 968 on the big board. The San Francisco Giants hit the road face off against the Detroit Tigers. As Matt Manning is going to be going for the Tigers, and Logan Webb is going to be on the boat for San Francisco. San Francisco, anywhere between minus 155 and a minus 165 favorite. Between plus 140 and plus 148, your price on Detroit. 7.5 is your total. Overs between minus 110 and minus 120. The unders anywhere between even a minus 110. Made my total is 6.8, and when it comes to the Tigers, I needed at least a plus 144 to be able to take a nibble. We're finding right around a plus 148 in the circumstance, and I'm going to be willing to ride with the Tigers because we have seen Logan Webb post up at ERA a little bit more than a full point higher when he's been on the road rather than at home the last two seasons for Logan Webb. Overall, he's been able to do a solid job being able to keep the ball in the yard as for the season. He's given up 10 home runs over the course of 154 and two-thirds innings, but he's given up eight home runs in 70 and a third innings on the road. Two home runs in north of 84 innings when he's been at home. So that is a little bit of an issue for Logan Webb, giving up right around two and a half walks per nine innings. He's been solid, but with Matt Manning, he has now made four starts since coming off the injured list, and he's been good. He's given up eight runs over the course of these starts. He's been able to throw a combined 24 innings. Swing and miss stuff actually appears to be a little bit up from what we wound up seeing last season. He's up to right around seven punch outs per nine innings, and throughout his career, he's always been significantly better at home rather than on the road. As a matter of fact, he's got a home and road split in which his home ERA for his career has been more than three points lower than it has been on the road. So, it's been impressive to take a look at, and the Tigers back him up with a top eight bullpen in terms of ERA. They did wind up having to have Willie Peralta no longer up at the big league level, but you got Joey Jimenez, Andrew Chafin, Jose Cicerno, Gregory Soto, all these guys posting up an ERA that is a 3-3 or better. Will Vess has been a little bit touch and go, but he's been able to do a solid job as a setup man. Now, the danger that you've got with the Detroit Tigers is that this offense is very, very bad as Jameer Candelario, Jonathan Scope, Tucker Barnard, Akil Badu, Cody Clements. You're able to go down the list of guys that are currently hitting a 205 or lower for the team. Zach Short, he's got as many hits as myself. This season, Aerocaster has been able to about a 280. That Victor Reyes be able to provide a little bit of production, but Javi Baez and his 11 home runs is right now leading the way for the Detroit Tigers bunch, and you got a guy leading the team in home runs with 11. That's not great, and as a matter of fact, the duo of Aaron Judge and Anthony Rizzo have more home runs than the Detroit Tigers going into Tuesday with 72 for the Detroit Tigers, so it's a little bit deplorable. And for the San Francisco Giants, I just don't understand how the team has been able to crank out offense all season long. They rank in the top eight 
in terms of runs on a per game basis, especially when they are on the road. And when it comes to this San Francisco Giants team, you do have quite a few guys in between, I would say about a 248 to a 265, Evan Longoria, Omar Flores, Jack Peterson, Luis Gonzalez, Tommy LaStella, Austin Slater, guys like this. But I mean, other than Peterson and Flores, you don't have really a single guy that's giving you more than 12 home runs this season. And both of these guys, between 16 and 18 home runs, Brandon Crawford's been a liability. Mike Ustromsky has had a tough time moving the line. The catcher spot in general has been a hot mess. So I do think that it is a case in which the Detroit Tigers have a little bit of forgiveness in terms of their lineup being so bad because the Giants, they themselves, it feels like they're doing it in spoken mirrors. For the Giants, you do have Camilo Duvall, Jarlin Garcia, along John Brebbia, posting up a sub-3 ERA, but the Giants, they rank in the bottom eight in terms of bullpen ERA as well. That is a little bit of a bugaboo, and I do think that Matt Manning going to be able to turn a very good start here. Won't take anything of a plus 144 or more with the Detroit Tigers, so look in there, and well, Detroit has been very very pitcher-friendly. Tigers have been locked up in low-scoring slogs all season long. I think that that continues. Seven total is 6.8, looking under and looking Tigers. 969-970 on the bang board. The Colorado Rockies, the playoffs to the Walker, Texas Rangers. As Marty Perez is going to be going for the Rangers and Jose Yerenia. Looking to not Yerenia all over the game for the Rockies. 11 is your total over and under. Anywhere between minus 105, minus 115. If you're looking at the Rangers, it's anywhere between minus 118 and minus 128. And with the Rockies, it's anywhere between plus 105 and plus 118. And with the Rangers, I set them as a minus 146 favorite. Marty Perez is going to be going to Coors for the first time in a very, very long time, but he's been able to do a terrific job on the road and for Perez from the 2018 to the 2020 season. He was giving up 3.8 walks per nine innings. He has really been able to work on that this season, giving up more around 2.7 to 2.8 walks per nine innings and on the road. 297 ERA. He's given up six home runs in 78 and two-thirds innings away from Texas. Opponents overall are hitting a 232 off of him. Swing and miss stuff is not supreme, but still eight strikeouts per nine innings. Relatively solid. And then for Jose Ureña, he wanted to a couple very nice starts to begin his career with the Colorado Rockies. Is starting to go straight down the toilet bowl for him as he's given up at least three runs and now five out of his last six starts. That's what winds up happening when you wind up starting at Coors Field as he's got a 5-12 home ERA compared to a 4-21 ERA on the road. And I expect a little bit more regression here as well as he's given up right around one and a half home runs per nine innings. His walks per nine rate hovers in the neighborhood of four and a half. His strikeouts per nine rate is right around five and a half. Opponents are at 265 off of him. He's lucky he doesn't have an ERA that's worse than a 471. I'm pretty sure his fielding independent is north of five. And for the Texas Rangers, they come at him with a lineup that has a whole bunch of guys that are going to be able to take a yard as Corey Seager is right now the main one of their matchers. He has been able to get 26 home runs this season, but Nathaniel Lowe, Marcus Simeon, along with Adolis Garcia, all between 18 and 20 home runs. Simeon with his 20 home runs, all coming after the first 40 games of the season. Lowe has been able to 295. Garcia, along with Corey Seager, Ezekiel Duran, able to throw in there their young outfielder as well in Bubba Thompson, throwing between about a 245 to 260. And then for the Colorado Rockies, they do wind up hitting about 40 points higher on their batting average at home rather than on the road. They've got the biggest home and road splits in baseball. You wind up finding this time and time again as it's the Colorado Rockies team that they have won just 18 out of their 53 games on the road this far this season. And you just take a look at the power numbers. For the Colorado Rockies, they get 0.65 home runs per game on the road, a little bit over 1.15 home runs per game at home. Someone like a CJ Crone, 23 home runs, 17 of them at home. Brandon Rogers, he has been able to go deep 
11 times this far this season, 10 of them, Ivana coming at home, and then you've got Randall Kirchick hitting below the Minnows line of 200 when he's on the road at home. He's been hitting well above a 280, and even someone like a Lucas Gilbert, I thought they're in the bullpen. He's got a sub-250 ERA when he's at home on the road. It winds going north of 6. Daniel Bard over his last two seasons, he's got an ERA that's more than two points lower at home rather than on the road. And for Texas, it has been a little bit of a deplorable bullpen of their own as well as Scott Brockberg, Matt Moore, who will be able to give you a sub-2-3 ERA, but Jose Leclerc has had his ups and downs. Jonathan Hernandez is someone I do like, but ever since Scott Barlow went on the injured list, that's with him as Josh Saboris has been someone that's been looked to for innings. He's got north of a 5 ERA. Dennis Santana, before going on the injured list over his last 45 days, he had an ERA that was north of an 11, so got some issues with regards to the Texas Rangers bullpen, but I do think that Martin Perez is going to be able to turn a good start, and because of that bullpen, I do think that there is going to be quite a bit of run scoring in this game, set by total at 11.2, looking over one layup to a minus 145 when it comes to the Rangers as well. 971-972 on the bang board. It is the Miami Marlins on the road facing off against the Oakland A's. Cole Irvin is going to be going for the A's and Asus Lazardo is on the bump for Miami. It is anywhere between 7 and 6.5 on the total. On the 6.5, over is minus 120. The under is even on the 7. The under is minus 120, and the over is even. With Miami, it's anywhere between minus 112 and minus 120 being your price. And between even money and plus 108 is what you're getting on Oakland. And I feel like Oakland should be the favorite in the spot. So the man of the minus 124 now. We're starting to see a little bit of regression when it comes to Cole Irvin. As in his last start against the Seattle Mariners, he had given up two home runs to Eugenio Suarez. And that was a home start, by the way. He had given up two home runs at home all season long before giving up those two bombs to Eugenio Suarez. You figured that a little bit of negative regression was going to wind up catching up to him. But still... Cole Irvin has been absolutely dynamic at home. It is very much a pitcher-friendly ballpark. And for Irvin, a 2-1-2 home area compared to a 4-88 area on the road, giving up four home runs and 76 and a third innings at home. An opponent setting a buck 99 off of him. He is a little bit more of a pitcher contact guy, a little bit more of a fly ball pitcher as he gets fewer than six strikeouts per nine innings, but also giving up fewer than two walks per nine innings. So ballpark suits him very well. Meanwhile, for Aces Lazardo, this guy is able to get punch outs. Right on the 11th strikeouts per nine innings. He has come off the injured list and he's looked pretty darn solid as he has given up a combined seven runs over the course of his four starts and he has been able to go at least five innings in every one of them. So encouraging signs getting six plus strikeouts in each out of his last three starts. The problem for Aces Lazardo is that he's backed up by an offense that entering into Tuesday had scored three runs or fewer in 20 out of their last 21 games and that's not even a typo. Jesus Aguiar was the only guy in yesterday's starting lineup with more than six home runs this season, and it's late August, people. 15 home runs for Aguiar, hitting right around at 235. You do have someone like Ryan Anderson, who's able to hit 245 when Joey Wendell's out there. He's able to move the line, hitting right around a 250. But guys like a Peyton Butterick, Jacob Stalling, JJ Blade, Gerard Encarnacion, these guys hitting at 220 or lower, just deplorable. And then for the Oakland A's, got a pair of guys with John Murphy and Seth Brown, who have been able to give you between 16 and 17 home runs apiece, and Murphy. Really the only guy in the starting lineup yesterday with more than 25 at-bats this season, hitting above a 236. This Oakland A's lineup is very, very sad and pathetic. They wind up DFAing Elvis Andrews, so the only position player that is making more than $2 million right now I think is Seth Brown, but, I mean, they don't have a single position player making more than $2.5 million. It's really sad to see the Oakland A's just wind up selling off all these pieces, and the bullpen has actually been relatively solid for this team. Zach Jackson... 
Danny Jimenez, Domingo Acevedo, AJ Puck, Sam Maul, all these guys have been able to give you a sub 3-2 ERA, and then for the Miami Marlins, it could be a little bit more touch and go when you wind up having guys like a Richard Blyer, you have Dylan Floro, both busting up right around a little bit below his sub 4 ERA, Stephen O'Curd has been able to do a solid job, but Tanner Scott has been trials and tribulations for him all season long, they get back Cole Solzer, but I do think that the Oakland A's are going to be able to get a very good start here from Cole Irvin. I don't trust either of these teams winning by multiple runs because I think that this is going to be another low-scoring slog. I set my total at 6.1, so I'm looking at the under in the spot. I'm the Oakland. want to lay up to a minus 124 on their money line. 973 and 974 on the bang board. The slam Diego Padres by Osil Cleveland Guardians. Cal Quantrill goes for the Guardians, and Blake Snell is on the bump for the Padres. Padres are between a minus 148 to a minus 160 favorite. Meanwhile, if you take a look at the Guardians, it's anywhere between plus 150 and plus 137 with your total 7.5 over and under anywhere between even and minus 120. So, a little bit of volatility on the total. I do want to say my total is 6.9. was talking about this game a little bit with our good friend mid-major Matt, and both of us do like Cal Quantrill a little bit as Quantrill, not a guy that's going to go out there and is going to be a fire hose in terms of being able to give you strikeouts as he's been getting right around six, six and a half strikeouts per nine innings this season, but a steady Eddie guy, 434 road ERA, 338 home ERA, his walks per nine rate has really went down. He's now down to right around two and a half walks per nine innings. You take a look at what he's been able to do recently. Six walks over the course of 30 and a third innings in his last five starts out. He has given up five home runs as well, but this is also a San Diego Padres team that they are averaging the third fewest runs per game at home in the National League. The only two teams that are lower, Washington Nationals and the Pittsburgh Pirates. This is despite the fact that if you got Manny Machado, Brandy Drury, and Juan Soto all being able to provide 22 plus home runs thus far this season. You've got Drury, who's been able to do a solid job of being a reach base, hitting at 265. Josh Bell, though, ever since he wanted coming over to the Padres, and he did wind up having a home run in that series against the Washington Nationals, but we have seen his batting average go down to a buck 38 in his time span with the Padres. You do have Drickson Profar, Hassam Kim, hitting between about a 245 to 255 along with Austin Supernola, but got issues there. Josh Hader is right now the biggest liability in any bullpen in the big leagues. He has been really, really bad ever since the San Diego Padres wanted picking him up in his last 15 appearances, north of a 14-6 ERA. Jose Castillo is someone that you really can't trust in. Nimal Crisman has been solid sub-3 ERA. He's able to give you multiple innings. Adrian Motohon, Nick Martinez are capable of being long guys as well, but for the Guardians, Emmanuel Classe is right now a top-3 closer in the big leagues. Nick Sandlin along Trevor Seaman. They're both staying up sub-3 ERAs, and Yel De Los Santos has been relatively solid. And for the Cleveland Guardians, not a lot of power with this team. Their second fewest in terms of home runs on a per-game basis in baseball, with Jose Ramirez being your main matcher, 23 home runs, 99 RBI entering into Tuesday, but Josh Naylor, Stephen Kwan, Ramirez, Amid Rosario, Oscar Gonzalez, Andres Jimenez, all these guys are in at 274 or better. The Guardians, they are generating the fewest strikeouts on a per at basis of any lineup out there in baseball. That's going to give them a chance, and they're going up against someone in Blake Stell who's been much better recently. The team wound up starting out, I believe it was 1-8 and eight in his first sign starts, and Marcel, he's been able to do a nice job of being able to lock down ever since then, and he does have some pretty demonstrative home and road splits over his two seasons with the San Diego Padres. His ERA at home is more than two full points lower than it is on the road. The team has been able to go 3-2 and two in his last five starts as he has allowed approximately six runs over the course of his last five starts. His strikeout numbers still are very solid as for sale. He has been able to generate right around 12 strikeouts per nine innings, but he also gives up a little bit over four walks per nine innings. That is the concern that you wind up having with him, and I do think that he could knock himself out of this 
game early in. Guardians wind up having the bullpen advantage. Need at least a plus 143 to take a shot on the Guardians. We are seeing that, so I'm going to be willing to take a shot here on Cleveland. And when it comes to this total, I did wind up setting it at 6.9, so looking under as well. 975, 976 on the banking board. The Washington Nationals hit the road. They're facing off against the Seattle Mariners as George Kirby is going to be going for the M's and Anibal Sanchez is on the bump for Washington. Washington is right now the biggest underdog on the board that I'm seeing. And between plus 255 and plus 271 is your price. Anywhere between minus 295 and minus 315 is the number on the Mariners with your total on this game 7.5. Over is minus 115 and the under is minus 105. I do think that runs are going to be a plenty in this spot. But Anibal Sanchez, he's just about 500 million billion years old and is not necessarily too terrific. He was able to do enough to be able to get the job done against the San Diego Padres. Not once, but twice in those two starts, giving up four runs over the course of ten innings in those two starts. Other than that, he has given up three-plus runs in every other start when he's not facing up against the San Diego Padres. He's got an ERA that is north of seven, which is a big, giant issue. And he's given up 11 home runs over the course of 35 innings thus far this season. But he's also going up against someone in George Kirby that he's been giving up the deep ball a little bit as well. as For Kirby, 1.2 home runs per nine innings now. The pinpoint accuracy is impressive. 1.2 three walks per nine. He gets right around 9.3 strikeouts per nine innings as well, but a 372 home ERA compared to a 319 ERA on the road. And the Nationals bullpen, it's not terrible. Now with Seattle, they've had the best bullpen ERA over the last 60 days. Diego Castillo and Andres Munoz after terrible starts of the season, they have really been able to pick it up. You got guys like Penn Murphy, Paul Seawall posting up a sub-250 ERA. They have been incredible, but you got Carl Edwards Jr. giving you right around a three ERA Guys like Steve Ciszek, Kyle Finnegan, veterans have been able to step up in this Washington Nationals bullpen as well. And for the Nationals, you do have Luke Voigt who's been able to pound out 16 home runs. Got a lot of guys that move the line in between about a 235 to a 250 in Cesar Hernandez, Lane Thomas, Nelson Cruz, Mikel Franco. So these guys have been able to do a solid job. Eliermo Vargas, he's been able to ride around at 265 as well. And for Seattle, this is not a big bomber lineup. They do wind up getting back Mitch Haniger who had 39 home runs last season in limited opportunities this season. He's been able to ride around at 280 and Ty France. He has been solid overall for the season, but you take a look at Ty France ever since the All-Star break. He has been hitting right around the Mendoza line of 200, so that's far from terrific. You do have a pair of guys at Eno Nuno Suarez and Julio Rodriguez generating a lot of power. Rodriguez, 23 stolen bases, 19 bombs, hitting at 275. Eno Nuno Suarez, 22 home runs. He just at 227, but more around at 325 on base on par with that of Rodriguez's, but you do have guys like Carlos Santana, Dylan Moore, Abraham Toro, Cal Raleigh, owing a 2 15 or lower for Raleigh. He has been able to give the team 18 home runs, but I do think that Anibal Sanchez is starting to turn a corner just a little bit, pitching out there in Seattle during the nighttime. I think it's going to be able to help him out a little bit. Now, I felt like the Nationals should have been a sizable underdog, but once we wound up getting to plus 250, began to get a little bit ridiculous. I was willing to take anything north of plus 250, seeing as high as plus 270. I'm going to be willing to take a shot here, and I do think that both of these pitchers are going to wind up giving up some runs, semi-total at a 8.4. So, looking at the over, and I'm going to be taking a look at Washington getting the massive plus price, and wrap things up with 977, 978 on the main board. The Arizona Diamondbacks, they do hit the road to face off against the Kansas City Royals, as Brady Singer is going to be going for the Royals, and Zach Gallen is going to be on the bump for Arizona. Arizona is anywhere between a minus 122 and minus 125 favorite. Between plus 105 and plus 110 is your price on the Royals. 7.5 is your total. Under is as low as a minus 125. As high as a minus 105. The 7.5 over is anywhere between plus 105 and minus 115. So a lot of juice being thrown all over the place here. I did wind up setting my total at a 7.8. Really because I think both of these bullpens are going to wind up causing this game to go over with the Royals. 
They've got the worst bullpen area in the American League. The Arizona Diamondbacks are in the bottom eight in terms of the league other than Joe Mantiply. There's really not a lot of guys in this Arizona Diamondbacks bullpen that you're able to trust in as they've been dealing with injuries to guys like a Sean Poppin along Kyle Nelson who have been rock solid. So Luis Frias, Chris Tavinsky, Noe Ramirez, Mark Melanson are guys that you need to trust in and all these guys have north of a 5 ERA. Meanwhile for the Kansas City Royals, Josh Jamout has become one of the biggest liabilities in any bullpen in baseball himself. He's right up there with Josh Hader with how bad he has been recently. They've been looking to Carlos Hernandez for some innings. Not necessarily so great there. Don Coleman, Scott Barlow, both a sub-3 ERA but pass that. Not necessarily too much trustworthiness and for the Arizona Diamondbacks. They do wind up getting right around 1.35 home runs per game on the road compared to a little bit under one at home. They do have a couple guys that at the bottom of the fold, they have not been doing such a great job of being able to get on base. Sergio Contra, Gerardo Perdomo, and then Christian Walker. All these guys hitting at 225 or lower, but for Walker, 29 home runs this season. Both sides are break, hitting above a 250. And Emmanuel Rivera, ever since he's come over to Arizona from the Kansas City Royals, he's been hitting above a 270. He got four home runs in his first 14 games as a Diamondback. Josh Ruas has been able to about a 285. Someone like an Alec Thomas has been able to move the line as well. For the Kansas City Royals, you've got Salvador Perez, MJ Melendez, Bobby Wood Jr., all being able to give you at least 14 home runs. The batting average of a lot of these guys has been a little bit suspect. Nicky Lopez, along Nick Prado, Nate Eaton, Melendez, Salvador Perez, Ryan O'Hearn, all these guys are hitting at 235 or lower, but you've been able to have Vinny Pescantino be able to do a very solid job hitting right around 300 ever since the All-Star break as well. So I do think that there's some firepower there. And then you've got a very good pitching matchup. And Zach Gallen, two runs of fear surrendered in every one of his starts ever since the All-Star break. And he's been able to do a great job keeping the ball in the yard. Right around 0.75 home runs per nine innings on the road. A 263 ERA compared to a 292 ERA at home. Opponents overall hitting right around a buck 95 off of him. He's been able to do a great job with the walks right around 2.4 walks per nine innings. And Brady Singer, how about this guy and what he's been able to do? He has given up two runs or fewer in four out of his last five starts. Led the teams to wins over the Tampa Bay Rays on the road. The LA Dodgers at home as well. So he has been in very good recent format. That great start in Yankee Stadium about a month or so ago as well. He has been giving up the deep ball a little bit at home. Nine home runs in 67 and a third innings at home compared to four bombs on the road. But he's been able to really rein it in ever since he was sent down to the minor league level. He has come back a reinvigorated pitcher and overall for the season has been giving up right around two and a half per nine innings. So I do think that the starting pitchers are going to be able to do a solid job. Reason why I like this total over and semi-total at 7.8 is that both bullpens are relatively deplorable. And I think that Singer is going to have the Diamondbacks singing the blues a little bit. I have faith in Singer being able to give a good start here at home. Wound up setting the Royals at a minus 117. Both of these pitchers coming in in relatively solid form. I think that Singer could wind up lending a little bit more length. So we'll want to take the Royals getting a plus price and I'm taking a look at this total over and that will wrap things up. For the Wednesday edition of the Baseball Betting Show, now part of the Vison Family Podcast. A big thanks to Mid-Major Matt, a.k.a. Matt Josephs, who joined me in the last segment. If you do like hearing from this fine podcast, Baseball Betting Show, you're able to subscribe wherever you podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and TuneIn. If you've got a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one or two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at unit underscore one. Keep in mind, letters CM. Maybe it does not matter. As per usual, please do send these into the timeline. The other way, it is via an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're both and whatever you'd like here on this podcast, right? That five star review coming at you guys every single day throughout the baseball season. That means I'm coming at you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.